It's time now for the complete story, a public news and information feature of Bot Radio Network to keep you informed about the most important issues of our day. Now here's the BRN father and son team, Dick and Rich Bot, with today's complete story. Rich, I remember, I remember the very first time years ago that I went to Washington to see what on earth this March on Life is all about in Washington. Um, that's a long time ago. It's March for Life. Yeah, March for Life, that's right. <laughs> Excuse me, yeah, absolutely March for Life. thing I remember is all of the people, number one, of all sorts of different ages— I mean, there were the young and there were the ones not so old because you get to be a little older, you know. You don't want to (laughs) march. But anyway, the thing I remember, the people were so nice. Mm -hmm. They were so friendly from whatever part of the country they came from. And who they were or anything like that was not important. They were there because they respected life and they wanted to show their support for life. I was so impressed. The other thing I remember is they were so careful with the debris. You didn't see papers. You didn't see debris. You didn't see... Usually after a big crowd like that in Washington, you know, the cleanup crew really has a mess on their hands, but you don't have that. That's part of my remembrance. That's right. Of the crowd now that is in the nation's capital for this year's March on Life. March March for Life. March for Life. And the reason is because we've just come through the Sanctity of Human Life Week and January 22nd, this past Wednesday, was the 47th anniversary of Roe versus Wade, that Mm -hmm. very, very sad Supreme Court decision that was wrongly ruled, much like the Dred Scott decision was wrong. You know, Rich, I remember 1973 because I've always been raised in the church I came to be a Christian as just a very young child, but the whole idea of abortion was kind of an abstract. We kind of had to think about it in 1973, and honestly, folks, I think it was the case maybe with a lot of you today, but as you are drawn into it, what on earth is it about? And I'll tell you what it is. It's about the life of another. Somebody can get caught up and say, well, I... I didn't get an abortion. I, I love my children and so on and so forth. Yeah. But how about the other child? The other child that can't even speak for themselves has their right to life. Do we care? I was so proud of our vice president, Mike Pence, and his wife, Karen, who spoke right there. By video. But they were in Rome. That's right. right. They, were... they were in Rome and they made a special it was carried there. Special video. Uh, and I want, I want, and then later on, folks, we're going to have President Trump's address. We're going to have a good time today. But here is what our Vice President, Mike Pence, and his wife, Karen, had to say. Hello, March for Life. To Jeannie, the members of the House and Senate, faith leaders, my fellow Americans, and especially to all the wonderful young people of this pro-life generation, I'm Vice President Mike Pence. And I'm Karen Pence. And And we are pro-life. And we want to thank you for making the journey to our nation's capital for the largest pro-life gathering in the United States of America, the 47th annual March for Life. Our family has made it a priority to attend the March for Life. And we wish we could be with you again today. But right now, we're here in Rome at the Vatican, representing the United States of America. In fact, we just left a meeting with Pope Francis And during our conversation, I thanked him for all that he and Catholic Americans have done to defend the sanctity of human life 
throughout the history of this movement. So to all the proud Catholics who I know are filling our National Mall today, proudly carrying banners representing your parishes all across this country. And to all the people of faith who are marching today, we want to thank you for your witness. Thank you for your compassion. And thank you for standing for life. Your prayers have sustained this important movement for nearly 50 years. And we cannot be more proud to be on this journey with you. And in just a few moments, you're going to hear from the first president to ever address the March for Life in person, President Donald Trump. You know, I couldn't be more proud to serve as vice president to the most pro-life president in American history. From reinstating the Mexico City policy, defunding Planned Parenthood, to appointing principled conservative judges to our federal bench, the results speak for themselves. This movement has a champion in President Donald Trump, and you always will. So even as our nation marks another sad anniversary, today is also a day of progress and a day of celebration. Because thanks to your support and thanks to the leadership of President Donald Trump, life is winning in America again. Life is winning through the compassion of caregivers and volunteers at pregnancy care centers across this country. And life is winning through the generosity of millions of adoptive families who open their hearts and their homes to children in need. And life is winning because of the witness of hundreds of thousands of Americans from every background who brave the cold to march for life. So keep standing strong and stand with that love and compassion that has always defined this movement for life. And know that this president and this administration will stand with you every day until we restore the sanctity of life to the center of American law. So from our small family to yours, thank you for standing for life. See, Rich, I remember vividly, you see, with our radio station in Fort Wayne, Indiana, I remember when Mike Pence first ran for public office there in Indiana. We had the radio station there, so I was taking note, who is this guy? And I came to know him as a genuine Christian and his wife and his family and everything. So when Donald Trump then won the nomination, you see, I thought, wow, if he is choosing Mike Pence to be his uh, running mate, his vice presidential running mate, while well, something has to be happening there in his, uh, in his thoughts, in his heart, in his ideas. Well, Dad, I thought you would also mention how proud you are that one of our own family members was there Friday oh. <laughs> marching for life. I am. I have a great granddaughter who is a freshman student at Colorado Christian University. Yeah. And they made it possible for two or three hundred of their students to go to Washington to be there, especially at this historic day, this historic year, when the president of the United States for the first time in history has been there to address that crowd wholeheartedly. In person. It's wonderful. But before we do that, before we— So a shout-out to Kaylee. Well, isn't that a Kaylee? Kaylee Gott, G-A-U-T. <laughs> We're proud of Kaylee you, Kaylee. Kaylee Gott, absolutely. I want our folks to just listen now. Because I know some people are listening saying, well, 
there are two sides of this. There are ways of looking at this. When does life begin? Come on now. After all, if the child is not born, then is it really uh, worth it? And Or if the child is six months after conception, what do we care? On and on and on, folks. If you haven't taken the time to really think about it and to read about it and to examine it. And uh, see what the Bible says about it. And go to the truth. Now, here is a young woman who describes the whole thing perfectly. I want you to turn your radio up and listen to this. You're in a conversation about abortion and someone says, human life doesn't begin at conception. It's just a clump of cells. What would you say? It's easy to say life doesn't begin at conception because an embryo doesn't look like what we think people should look like. But we know human life begins at some point. Here are a few things to remember while you think about when that is. First, life doesn't begin at birth. It isn't logical to say life begins at birth because that would suggest that the baby inside the womb one day prior to birth wasn't alive. It's not reasonable to say an individual who is alive at birth is not alive one day prior to birth. The only difference is where they are. So we know life does not begin at birth. Second, life doesn't begin at viability. Many argue that human life begins once a baby can survive on her own outside the womb. But there are problems with this argument too. After all, viability changes based on technology. Today, babies can be born at 24 weeks and survive. But 200 years ago, that wasn't possible. Viability is also determined based on where you are born. Wealthy nations make things possible for babies that wouldn't be possible in a poorer country. Does that mean a 24-week baby in the United States is more alive than a 24-week baby in the jungles of the Congo? Of course not. So life must be determined by something other than viability. Third, life does not begin with the heartbeat. We know that living things only come from other living things. It wouldn't be possible then for the embryo to be non-living for the first few weeks and suddenly spring into life. So the embryo has to be alive prior to the heartbeat. Does this mean that we can be alive without a heartbeat? Yes. That's actually what makes the newly conceived embryo more functionally impressive than a born person. The embryo has an ability to live, grow, and move through the stages of human development without the feature you and I need to continue our growth and development. If life doesn't begin at birth, viability, or heartbeat, when does it begin? Life begins at conception, fertilization. At fertilization, a living mother and father give life to a whole living organism, genetically distinct from his or her mother and father. No, the embryo doesn't look like everyone else, but aren't we past the idea that someone has to look a certain way before they are considered human? Think of it like a Polaroid picture. Initially, all you will see are black smudge marks. The moment the photo is taken, however, the image is captured. It just needs time to develop. The same is true for you and me. The moment of sperm egg fusion, we in our uniqueness from our parents began to exist. We just needed time to develop. Let's review. Life doesn't begin at birth because that suggests you aren't alive the day before birth. Life doesn't begin at viability because viability depends on where you were born and when. Life doesn't begin at the heartbeat either because that requires you to believe the heartbeat emerged from someone that isn't alive. So we're left with one option. 
Life begins at conception, at fertilization. It's what science tells us and logic requires us to acknowledge. You see, that young lady has taken us all the way through the journey to sort it out. Rich, do you remember when it's about, well, almost 30 years ago that we heard Dr. Jerome Lejeune from Paris, France, who at that time was the number one geneticist in the world. And he spoke in a court case, and he explained it. And he said at that time, you listen to me, folks, he said at that time, no longer is it a matter of debate scientifically. He said everybody who studied it, they know exactly when life begins. And he said at conception, not at implantation. Implantation is only when the little life needs a place for food, a place to stay while it's developing further. But Jerome Lejeune said, the question is before us, do we care? Do you remember that day? I sure do. Folks, I want you to hear the president of the United States. Are we Americans? And the question is before us as Americans. To Bot Radio Network audience, however, the question is before us. Are we Christians and taking the Bible seriously that the least of these without a voice of their own to cry out. We still care. And should be defended. And their life is important. Now, here is the president of the United States that was elected by the people and what he had to say. It is my profound honor to be the first president in history to attend the March for Life. We're here for a very simple reason, to defend the right of every child, born and unborn, to fulfill their God-given potential. For 47 years, Americans of all backgrounds have traveled from across the country to stand for life. And today, as President of the United States, I am truly proud to stand with you. I want to welcome tens of thousands, this is a tremendous turnout, tens of thousands of high school and college students who took long bus rides to be here in our nation's capital. And to make you feel even better, there are tens of thousands of people outside that we passed on the way in. If anybody would like to give up their spot, we could work that out. You have a tremendous Group of people outside, thousands and thousands wanted to get in. This is some great success. Young people are the heart of the March for Life. And it's your generation that is making America the pro-family, pro-life nation. The life movement is led by strong women, amazing faith leaders, and brave students who carry on the legacy of pioneers before us, who fought to raise the conscience of our nation and uphold the rights of our citizens. You embrace mothers with care and compassion. You are powered by prayer and motivated by pure, unselfish love. You're grateful, and we are so grateful. These are incredible people to be joined by Secretary Alex Azar and Kellyanne Conway. Thank you.
And thanks also to Senators Mike Lee and James Lankford, who are here. James, Mike. Thank you, fellas. And Representatives Steve Scalise, Chris Smith, Ralph Abraham, Warren Davidson, Bob Latta, John Joyce, Lloyd Smucker, Brian Fitzpatrick, and Brad Winstrup. Thank you all. And I have to say, and I look at it, and I see it exactly. We have many, many more politicians in the audience, but if you don't mind, I won't introduce them all. All of us here today understand an eternal truth. Every child is a precious and sacred gift from God. Together, we must protect, cherish, and defend the dignity and the sanctity of every human life. When we see the image of a baby in the womb, we glimpse the majesty of God's creation. When we hold a newborn in our arms, we know the endless love that each child brings to a family. When we watch a child grow, we see the splendor that radiates from each human soul. One life changes the world from my family. And I can tell you, I send love, and I send great, great love. And from the first day in office, I've taken a historic action to support America's families and to protect the unborn. And during my first week in office, I reinstated and expanded the Mexico City policy, and we issued a landmark pro-life rule to govern the use of Title X taxpayer funding. I notified Congress that I would veto any legislation that weakens pro-life policies or that encourages the destruction of human life. At the United Nations, I made clear that global bureaucrats have no business attacking the sovereignty of nations that protect innocent life. Unborn children have never had a stronger defender in the White House. And as the Bible tells us, each person is wonderfully made. We have taken decisive action to protect the religious liberty. So important, religious liberty has been under attack all over the world and, frankly, very strongly attacked in our nation. You see it better than anyone, but we are stopping it. And we're taking care of doctors, nurses, teachers, and groups like the Little Sisters of the Poor. We are preserving faith-based adoption. And to uphold our founding documents, we have confirmed 187 federal judges who apply the Constitution as written, including two phenomenal Supreme Court justices, Neil Gorsuch and Brett Kavanaugh. 
We are protecting pro-life students' right to free speech on college campuses. And if universities want federal taxpayer dollars, then they must uphold your First Amendment right to speak your mind. And if they don't, they pay a very big financial penalty, which they will not be willing to pay. Sadly, the far left is actively working to erase our God-given rights, shut down faith-based charities, ban religious believers from the public square, and silence Americans who believe in the sanctity of life. They are coming after me because I am fighting for you, and we are fighting for those who have no voice. And we will win because we know how to win. We all know how to win. We all know how to win. You've been winning for a long time. You've been winning for a long time. Together, we are the voice for the voiceless. When it comes to abortion, Democrats is — and you know this, you've seen what's happened — Democrats have embraced the most radical and extreme positions taken and seen in this country for years and decades. And you could even say for centuries. Nearly every top Democrat in Congress now supports taxpayer-funded abortion all the way up until the moment of birth. Last year, lawmakers in New York cheered with delight upon the passage of legislation that would allow a baby to be ripped from the mother's womb right up until delivery. Then we had the case of the Democrat governor in the state of Virginia, the Commonwealth of Virginia. And we love the Commonwealth of Virginia, but what is going on in Virginia? What is going on? The governor stated that he would execute a baby after birth. You remember that. Senate Democrats even blocked legislation that would give medical care to babies who survive attempted abortions. And that's why I've called on Congress, two of our great senators here, so many of our congressmen here, and called upon them to defend the dignity of life and to pass legislation prohibiting late-term abortion of children who can feel pain in their mother's womb. This year, the March for Life is celebrating the 100th anniversary of the 19th Amendment, which forever enshrined women's rights to vote in the United States and given by the United States Constitution. Such a big event. Today, millions of extraordinary women across America are using the power of their votes to fight for the right and all of their rights, as given in the Declaration of Independence, it's the right to life. To all the women here today, your devotion and your leadership uplifts our entire nation, and we thank you for that. The tens of thousands of Americans gathered today not only stand for life, it's really here 
that they stand for it so proudly together. And I want to thank everybody for that. You stand for life each and every day. You provide housing, education, jobs, and medical care to the women that you serve. You find loving families for children in need of a forever home. You host baby showers for expecting moms. You make — you just make it your life's mission to help spread God's grace. And to all of the moms here today, we celebrate you, and we declare that mothers are heroes. Your strength, devotion, and drive is what powers our nation. And because of you, our country has been blessed with amazing souls who have changed the course of human history. We cannot know what our citizens, yet unborn, will achieve. The dreams they will imagine, the masterpieces they will create, the discoveries they will make. But we know this. Every life brings love into this world. Every child brings joy to a family. Every person is worth protecting. And above all, we know that every human soul is divine, and every human life, born and unborn, is made in the holy image of Almighty God. Together, we will defend this truth all across our magnificent land. We will set free the dreams of our people. And with determined hope, we look forward to all of the blessings that will come from the beauty, talent, purpose, nobility, and grace of every American child. I want to thank you. This is a very special moment. It's so great to represent you. I love you all. And And I say with true passion, thank you, God bless you, and God bless America. Thank you all. Thank you. Uh, Rich, we're going to have to run really quick, but listen now. God uses whom he chooses, and a person who is for life and then liberty, that's freedom, and then the pursuit of happiness for every American, that is noteworthy to a Bible-believing Christian. What's the phone number? That was uh, President Donald Trump at the March for Life just this past Friday. The phone number for the listener comments is 1-800-345-2621. 1-800-345-2621. This is Dick Bott with my son Rich with this chapter of The Complete Story, and I'll see you later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.